And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms of apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to edition 12 of Breadside with Trent. And Forest managed to give their fans a very timely and welcome Christmas present as they came from behind to defeat Hull City 2-1 at the city grounds yesterday, which leaves the Reds amazingly, admittedly, because of some uh, games in hand due to COVID postponements, one point off the playoffs at the halfway stage this season with 23 games played. It is a remarkable turnaround from the first seven games this season where barely anyone would have assumed that Forest could have got to this point, but it now seems that thankfully Forest are set to have the season that many hoped they would have when they'd be pushing for the top six. We'll start with the whole game. Uh, and I mean, really, you have to say, I mean, this is potentially the most dominant Forest have been all season. And yet they've still got sucker punched. Yeah, it was probably as good as a first half as maybe we've had under Cooper to, until, um, until Hull um, scored, obviously we switched off, which was a bit of a shame. But we we created some good openings. We just the problem really was because we didn't quite manage to test the goalkeeper. Um, Johnson's shot went just wide, and I think Graben had one that went just wide. But we was pinging it around like you know with so much more confidence, and you know coming out from the back, Yates coming out from the back, and. Yeah, and then it was, they got ahead through that one little blip. And then you're just thinking at half time, you know what's going to happen here. It's going to be 45 minutes of them sat behind the ball. Forrest are going to be asked to break them down. And under previous regimes, we'd lose 1 0 and we'd be yeah. all be frustrated. But again, the character and the endeavour, the team and the staff have got to, to grind wins are is I don't think I've seen that for a long time I really haven't it is quite something actually and um, in fact actually I've got a little stat for you here in regards to exactly that because so basically since Steve Cooper took charge Forest have won three of their five games when training at half time which is one more than they did in their previous 86 matches I mean (laughs) that's just I mean, what can you what can you say to that apart from <laughs> unbelievable? Absolutely crazy. So, absolutely crazy stuff. Yeah, it's like, like like we said, mentality monsters. Like Forest just don't they don't seem to know when they've lost the game, which is something that we haven't had for such a long time. And I suppose it's perhaps epitomised Adam by like Graben's work ethic. I mean, obviously, 
I mean, talking here mainly for the second goal because the way he just ran down the road, it was like he just kept on going and going and going. But like you know, he had a few chances in the first half. He had that chance that was cut to him in the second, which he blazed pretty much into Meadow Lane. It was got so much air on it. But, you know, his work for Johnson's equaliser was phenomenal. Yeah, it was um, worthy of a goal in itself, really, the the work he does. Uh, and I think Lewis Graben goes a bit underrated for that. <clears throat> For that sort of work he does, he's, he did that under Lamucci quite a lot where he would lead the ball out. You mean you look at that goal against Swansea where he squared it to Semedo in like the 85th minute or whatever it was. So he's got that in him and he's he's leading by example at the moment. I mean, mm. not you don't hear a lot of people about moaning about his uh, desire and everything about him being captain nowadays because he's scoring goals. He's getting assists. He's doing stuff for the team. He's always done that. Um, in my in my opinion, I was just looking back through our chat on Twitter to find how Lee said, "That's it, second half. We're gonna <laughs> sit. They're gonna sit eleven men behind the ball, not break them down." I, I don't feel like that at the moment. We're so resilient at the moment, um, and Lee put it so uh, poetically, almost as we we are mentality monsters at the moment, mm. um, and it's it's unreal to see. Um, Never in my mind I thought we were going to lose that game yesterday because we had so much of the ball, so many chances. It was just a matter of time before we took one. So, yeah, really good comeback. Good to see again. We 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 can't do that against the better opposition in this division, especially when it gets to the nitty-gritty because we, we're not going to come back every single time. So No, but of course, you know, it's like you said, Good signs that I must be. I much like you. I, I did feel like uh, even at half time, I thought I still found just to get at least one. And it's a classic one. It's a classic example. Is it, once you get one, once you find us to breach that eleven men, it's like okay, you get the confidence, get another. And that's exactly what we did. And on the topic of confidence, I mean, really, we have to say Ryan Yates at the minute. So for second game in succession, he played at centre back and took to it like a duck to water race. Yeah, I think. To be honest, what I've seen, you know, and this is only going on one game, so I don't like to make judgments on one game because that is something what a lot of fans like to do. <laughs> um, he just, yeah, he just looked more, even more comfortable than his natural position to me. It allowed McKenna and Worrell to split and go to the right and the left. Um, and he was in the centre. He could bring the ball out more. And it allowed Spence and went. Tutu started. They was pretty much playing as wingers, and um, because we had that, we had that back three. But you know, the early days of this podcast, we were all rightly critical of Ryan Yates, in my opinion, um, amongst a load of other players who've gone on under Cooper, who've completely changed, you know, the perce- people's perceptions of them. But you know, there's there's no. Never any agenda for me. I'll ask, always say it as I see it personally. And at the minute, you know, the 15 games, 15, 16 games he's had on the Cooper, he's been tremendous. And, you know, credit to him. And if he's playing well for Nottingham Forest, then I'm absolutely delighted. Um, and long may it continue. Exactly. We all benefit once. It, like, this is something we've always said before. And we always would be very fair about this as well. It doesn't matter who the player is, if they play well, or if someone's we've criticised, for example, Bahas, if they play well, it only benefits Nottingham Forest, and therefore we all benefit. So 
it's I think it's, it's refreshing to see him and, may, and to be honest it may even solve an issue further down the line I mean let's say we sell we're all hypothetically speaking January and Yates slots in and we still got oh and so can come back Ely can come back in you know it's a good dilemma to have and if this is his calling then great I know a lot of the analytics account in the summer were about certainly saying that Yates could potentially be better deployed as a centre-back for whatever reasons his output suggests but I mean, fair, fair is fair uh, Lee I did find it quite funny that uh, Grant McCann who I'm not exactly particularly fond of as a manager at the best of times anyway, was saying after the game, was slamming the referee for the refereeing decision that um, obviously saw Alex Myerson get a penalty. And he had a point, but he also chose to overlook that he was very fortunate not to get a penalty conceded against him when Ryan Yates was hauled down in the box, uh, running in from a corner. I just wanted to know what your view was on both those incidents. And do you feel he even has a point to be complaining about the referees? Um, I mean, he certainly has a point looking at the replay. Um, mm. I think I've said on this this podcast before that sometimes with refereeing, things can look very different in real time than what they do on the replay. Um, now, I think um, the decision itself, I think if it had not been given, just based on the fact that Martin went off injured, I'm not saying referees will give stuff on people being injured, but it would have been far more surprising had he not given it, I think. Um, in real time, it just looked a foul. It just looked like he'd gone to kick the ball and Honeyman had just gone straight through the back of him. Mm. Obviously, the replay shows otherwise. But, I mean, championship managers have got to start realising that the, these things are going to even themselves out. I mean, I always say that when we were denied two pretty clear penalties at QPR, that that's not that's possibly never going to even itself out over the course of a 46 game season but we've got one back there so you, you perhaps have to kind of take stock a little bit with these things and say that you will get your fair share of decisions i think i read one of the players talking afterwards um hall player and one of their biggest gripes was the, the same referee as that's the second diabolical penalty decision he's given against them apparently <laughs> um so I, I think that kind of just added fuel to his fire but I mean, these championship managers, they don't, they don't come out and say, they never come out and say when they get away with one, oh yeah, we got away with one today. So, I mean, you've kind of got to take the rough with the smooth a little bit, as frustrating as that is. Mm. Um, but I mean, what I would say is like you say, Ryan Yates was, we've got the same argument really, because if you look at the penalty that Luton got against us, it's exactly the same as what Ryan Yates was subjected to on Saturday. The ref's in the same position. I've seen the clip of the both side by side. And the ref in each one is stood in exactly the same position uh, and we didn't get it. So, again, I just don't always think some of these managers are, are particularly, you know, clued up when they, they come on and start slagging referees off. So, yeah, we did get away with one, but we'll take it, won't we? Yeah, true. And like I, said, I, think it, I think it does. It seems to me like, and I know obviously we've spoken about this on the pod before, that maybe obviously the eighth one came first. Maybe he was sort of trying to even it up. He sort of maybe thought back of his head, actually, I probably should have given that. And then we saw the Mike one went, actually, yeah, okay. I know, obviously, you might not want to admit the referees do even it up, but do you think that was maybe possible? Yeah, no, I do think you're right. I think there is a, like you say, you would never want to, you would, you certainly wouldn't say that to a player who's right in your face, wanted to know why you've given it. You'd just be 100%, you know, stick to your guns, you think it's a penalty. But, yeah, I think there is a, there's certainly a degree of that. If you think, especially as it happened in a different half, it, you mm. know, you might get an half time. One of the assistants might say to you, mm, from my view, it did look a penalty that did, to be fair. And then it, the conversation kind of goes, well, we can't do anything about that now, so we'll get on with it. 
And then obviously that tackle goes in early in the second half. I wonder if the ref just thinks, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not giving him another one in front of their own fans as well. Um, so maybe, who knows? Yeah. We'll take it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a well deserved win anyway. Um, although, as you did touch upon there, we do potentially have some injury issues, Lee. So obviously, I'll say Tutu got an impact injury and went off. It looked like he will hopefully be okay for the Borough game on Boxing Day, but Alex Myton, or as you mentioned, also went off from the injury. Um, if these players are to be injured, do you think we've got enough depth to sort of cover them, given what we've got a very hectic run coming up? Um, probably not. Um, the two the two players that did go off on Saturday are probably the two areas where we are a little bit short. Um, like I say, it does look like Osai Tutu is going to be okay. Um, but again, it, it's difficult. We were sat watching him on Saturday, and it's so it's so harsh and so frustrating because he's a young player, and I'm a firm believer that these people that go on social and and abuse players for daring to be injured are just clueless because the worst thing as a professional athlete that you've worked your whole life to to be must be to pick up niggling injuries. Um, so yeah, I, I, hopefully he can stay fit, but he just he scares you to death every time he goes to the floor. It seems like he thinks it's serious. I wonder if it's a mental thing when you've had mm. so many setbacks. I wonder if as soon as you've got the slightest bit of contact, you automatically think, "Oh shit, that's that, that really hurts," or something like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it does look like he's going to be okay. I think with Mayan, we could certainly do with Lolly um, being fit if he's not going to be fit. So yeah, it is starting to get a little bit of a a concern. I know that Zinkenagel and Johnson are kind of the two that Cooper looks to favour. Um, but yeah, he's going to leave us pretty short from the bench. Um, I mean, even Mr. Carvalho got a run out on Saturday, so that suggests how how short we're perhaps getting because he's not had a kick yet. So indeed, yeah. And generally did all right. You know, I mean, he only touched the ball twelve times, made six passes. Of an pass accuracy of 85.7%, you know, two accurate long balls. Interestingly, it looked like it was the nitty gritty stuff that he actually did, which we wouldn't normally associate with Carvalho. Uh, for example, he had two ground jewels and won them both. He made an exception. You know, he, he made a tackle with one of the ground jewels and he even tried to win the ball in the air twice. So it looks to me he just came on, you know, did a job, held the shape, etc. But of course, there will be many with agenda who don't see it that way. And it was rather annoying, actually, that in you know, Forest just won three games in a row. You know, it looks like we finally turned our home form rounds. We've gone into Christmas with a win. And the first thing people can say is to try and dig Carballo out, which I find, frankly, embarrassing. I mean, we've <laughs> it wasn't that long ago where for a certain individual who we may have just mentioned a few minutes ago, where just work ethic and effort was enough to be a prize asset at this football club, even if you're churning out average performances. And then Carvalho comes on and does that. And apparently it's a bad thing. I, I just, I, I don't know how he can win, but I mean, focus on positives for the time being. Came on, did a job for the team. Adam, what did you make of Carvalho's cameo role in his first performance for us since August? Um, I found it quite difficult to listen to the radio so I can't really comment too much um it just sounds like he was doing a professional job for the team bit like Cafu did last week on obviously Cafu got on, on the score sheet for, for those efforts so it's it's good to see that he's still working hard basically in in those respects he's still doing his bit for the team he's helping out the fullback um probably played in a bit of an unfamiliar position playing out wide but it's 
it's not it it wouldn't suit unsuit him really because you've if we're playing the three at the back you've got that wing back bombing on anyway and he can kind of operate in that inside forward role if if you want to call it that um, which Johnson or Zinconago will do anyway so I, I I think he's he should have a role to play in this squad because he's got the ability he suit he suits how Cooper wants to play it's just obviously. Is he doing something in training I, 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 that, that they don't like or, or what? Or is it because Sinkanagel and Johnson and mine are just simply ahead of him at the moment in, in the pecking order? But um, I, I, I can't really comment, to be fair, on that sort of performance. It's, it kind of felt like that once we got the second, it was kind of see the game out and do a professional job rather than go and kill the game off. So uh, it's it's a good thing with, for the squad um, yeah. and the harmony of it, obviously, of it, because he's not trying to do anything stupid almost. So I, I, it's hard to say really. What about you, Reese? I mean, I know you put in the chat that you obviously got the biggest cheer of the day when you came on. Um, have, you, have you got an hour's worth of time <laughs> for you to go through it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to have seen a few South Face fans when he come on because he did get a rapturous reception. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, he is he is a fan's favourite. I don't you know, people might say that because of the price tag, you know, and they might be right, but you know, to me, I don't personally think he's ever done anything wrong towards Forrest. He's never ever gone out and slagged the club off or you know, I just don't kind of get the hate towards him, to be honest. But he come on yesterday, as soon as he come on five minutes later, we'd scored. Hall then brought on Tom Eves, who's six foot six. <laughs> and then it was literally they get the ball at the back and lump it forward and try and get the knockdowns, which to be fair, a couple of times he nearly did. Um, you know, Carvalho then has just got to keep it as part of the shape as the whole team is. If you know, I, I think some fans would rather him become an headless chicken and just run out of position so they just pass knock it round him and you know, we're out of out of his shape. He, he did what he needed to do. He didn't there was no thrills to the performance, but he just did what he needed to do and was part of to me the eleven people on the pitch who got us over a line. Um to people to come on Twitter after one and be digging out a player who has come on, not had much effect to the game, but not done anything wrong. I, I just find that utterly, utterly bizarre personally. But well, what can you do? Yeah, it, I mean, if you want to push the pro car value agenda even further, which we're not going to do, but just hypothetically speaking, you could say that it was his decoy run into the box that left Johnson unmarked. So, yeah, if you want to play that way, <laughs> we're going down that route. Yeah, if you want to go down that route, <laughs> but obviously, obviously, but the thing is, I mean, me saying that has as much legitimacy as someone going on and going like ripping into him. I mean, there's there's no need for either side. Like like you said, he's come on, he's done a job we've won the game. Why is that a problem? It just makes very little sense to me. Like it's, just, it's almost like, like we said before, some people just can't let go of the fact that he played a big part in getting a miracle man rightfully sacked because he wasn't being picked at a time where Forrest formed nosedives. And it's like, he's been personally held responsible for that. I just find it so strange. To, to be to be honest, it's been ever since Karanka was whatever he was, mutually terminated, sacked, blah, blah, blah. It's been a disaster, really, for mm. the club because they've never had a they've never had a plan. 
what to do with him. If you're appointing managers, you don't you, you you sign in a record signing 13 million, then you're appointing managers who don't play that style or don't play with his position, then to me, you know, what what has well, we all know what the recruitment's been like before. We failed him game. as a club, really. As if you, yeah, we, we, yeah, we have. we have. You know, there is the argument, could he have done more? Perhaps, but Forrest have not, you know, Forrest has spent that money and then not developed him properly. And, you know, what, like, Dan told us when we had him on the pod, you know, the the old, the things with a sharp and, you know, not helping yeah. him, settling him by, you know, we'll sort you out. Um, with his English lessons and that, I, I just don't. It's not for me, but you know, and we'll probably we'll probably move past that stage now. And I don't know what the future holds for him. And, and, and to be honest, I kind of hope, in a way, he, you know, we get a bit of money back for him and we can move on really because he's no good for anyone, really, is it? Yeah, Ever, I mean, unless you know, he's starting games and. Changing and at least he's actually like unless he which, starts racking up figures, which is unlikely mm, to happen given Zinchenko's form in that position. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. So yeah, it's it's a very difficult one. But um, anyway, uh, we're going to move on to something as mentioned earlier. Obviously, we've now played twenty three of our allocated forty six league fixtures, and uh, despite all the recent, uh, well, <laughs> I say recent, it's gone for quite a while. The whole pandemic, but yes, obviously we've Boris been quite fortunate that they haven't really. Been involved in any of the postponements, so we have actually managed to get to the 23 green point. Obviously, other teams will have to make up their fixtures, XYZ. I mean, one of them directly involved in, impacts us as Coventry had Stoke that determines whether we stay one point off the playoffs or whether we go four again. So it's yeah, but we are at a halfway point of the season, so we're gonna have a bit of fun. I'm gonna ask you for a grade of the season so far, the best player in your opinion of the season so far, and your hope for the second half. So, Adam, we'll start with you. So, what would you give this from A to F, or U, if you think it's been an abomination? <laughs> um, what would you give this season, this half season so far? Probably a B. We're not going to do, like, pluses or minuses. I think that's a load of bollocks. I think a B <laughs> is quite reasonable. Um, considering, I know we keep repeating this, we gave everyone a seven-game head start, right? I don't think we would have lost six of those seven games uh, that that we did um, at the start. We might have lost one or two, like fair enough, like Bournemouth. Might have lost Bournemouth, side. yeah. Whatever. Um, so, and then like, if, I think if it was based solely on Cooper, you say a star, 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 because he's been unreal with top of the form guide of sixteen games. Um, we're, we're we're in we're in like top two form, so. I, I think you just on the balance you give it a B. We're quite a young sort of team with a few mixed in. Obviously, Graben, Colback, uh, being the the older heads within the team. Of Taylor on the bench, an older head, but relatively we've got a youngish sort of side, and I think that bodes well for Cooper as a manager because he wants to work with those younger players and develop them. And you've still got players in there that are relatively young in terms of of football like Ryan Yates, who he's clearly developed in the last 16-odd games into a player that you can't argue with being one of the first names on the team sheet anymore. He's probably never thought, year, yeah. I never thought I would say that. I would not be shocked if he got it. Um, I mean, either. There are a few, really, you can't say he wouldn't deserve it either. Yeah, so I, I'd say a B. I think 
we're in a really, really good position. Um, I just hope supporters, I mean, I'm, I'm one of them that are getting a little bit excited. And obviously if January goes pretty well with recruitment or whatever, we can keep Spence, Johnson, Worrell. I know on the last pod week, we had, we had this hypothetical of what we're going to do if we lose them all. But we, we can't afford to sell or have any of them go, really. So if we can add to it, I don't see why we can't get in the playoffs. But I don't want us to get too disappointed if it doesn't happen because it's we can see what's happening now at yeah. the club. We can see where we're heading. There's a clear identity and progression that we can build on. And Steve Cooper seems to do uh, an extra fist pump for every win on the trot we get at the moment. So... <laughs> Long that may continue, because uh, who doesn't who doesn't love a bit of passion? <laughs> no, you're very right. You're very right. Obviously, we know Aid's a big fan of uh, Cooper's fist bumps, <laughs> which I'm sure he'll appreciate us saying. Um, Reese, what about you, mate? So mid-season report. Uh, so great for the season so far. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with Adam. Um, B. Um... Boring, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. B for boring. Um, yeah, B for. <laughs> We know who the we know who the B was early on in the season, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, you know Adams just said about the seven game. I, I look, I remember them seven games, and you know under Steve Cooper, I generally don't think, apart from maybe the Borough game, how we played in them games, we wouldn't have lost many, if any, because you know we we lost pretty much. You know, the Stoke one was probably the one one. I think we lost like most games on the Hewton by one goal, didn't we? So in hindsight, I actually would have sat Hewton after that Stoke game, and that's not because mm. I went to it and didn't see us have yeah, a well, shot on target. I but think it was we that did, bad we, performance. I think we did mention that, didn't we, at the time? But unfortunately, that's in the past now, and yeah. I kind of feel a bit guilty of myself that I kind of backed Hewton because of his CV and for so long because but that's obviously all in hindsight because we've obviously seen how big the change has become yeah um, player of the season so far for me there's only one person that's Scott McKenna every, every week solid yeah, I can't even I think he gave the ball away yesterday and I was like that's the first time I think I've seen him do that in <laughs> all season 23 um, games not bad just every every you just know I just love a player where you know what you're going to get week in week out you're going to get a solid 7 out of 10 performance no frills but you know you know completely what they're going to do he's, he's not this same type of player but he reminds me of, of Aspilicueta for Chelsea who does exactly that no frills under the radar yeah. yeah goes about his job and he's been a tremendous signing that is one signing from the previous recruitment team what has been spot on. Top tier, yeah. Um, the hopes for the rest of the season, playoffs. Got to be playoffs. Got to be, we've, yeah. we've said this for the last few weeks. The teams are queuing up. Um, I'd rather have points on the board, especially the situation at the minute. You don't want to. You don't want to start falling games behind because we saw that with Rotherham last season. Who yeah. were them? Exactly. You know, went down with a whimper in the end. Only did one win for the um, last eight games. Stay up. Yeah, because there was those playing every two or three days. So exactly. Yeah, yeah got to be looking at trying to get in that top six. Because and there'll be loads of teams behind us who will think exactly the same because it is right up for grabs. And you know, probably a month ago, I was saying how Bournemouth are looking like going up, 
they could be clawed back into it because they're on a poor run of form. Yeah. And I, I watched them they yesterday. Went to six they mm. So, and Scott Parker, you know, he's all right when you've got Mitrovic at Fulham, the cheat code, and, you know, just scrape them up. You know, there'll be, there'll be people be asking of his credentials when the pressure's on. So, drag them right back into it. West Brom was another one we've mentioned who looked at the start of the season. Formidable. Nah, you know, not the best. So, right up for grabs. All all four of them places now in the playoffs are right up for grabs. And you never even know that second spot. Because Blackburn are right up Bournemouth's backside now. You never Mm -hmm. know what can happen in this league. So, don't write it off. Absolutely. As as the great man once said, don't obviously have to write us off. Mm -hmm. Um, Adam, did you mention a player of the year? Absolutely not. I was going to say, I was pretty sure that's... Yeah. Well, I thought, I, thought well. Was, I, I thought we was like doing a, a grade each of the season and then we was going to go back round, but... Um, I thought, well, Reese is taking control of that one, so I, thought, I don't need to play a year now. I mean, I can't really argue because Scott McKenna is just... He's God, really, let's face it. <laughs> I, I, I would argue, right, and, I'd, and, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of big championship football fans out there that will disagree. But could you really argue against Scott McKenna and Joe Worrell being possibly one of the best partnerships in the league, really? And I think Scott McKenna goes so much more under the radar than Worrell because a lot of the time, Worrell's having to put these last sort of ditch tackles in a lot of the time. And I don't know whether that's like because he's in in a bad position anyway or someone else is making a cock up. But you don't really see McKenna do that a lot. He, he's just very calm and collective, heads and kicks it. And if he can bring the ball out from the back, he does it with a bit of panache. So long that may continue. Scotland, just don't keep playing him so we can keep him fit for us, really. I'm, I, I, I gave up on trying to get him a call up because they seem to like Grant Hanley and Scott McTominay, they sent the midfielder for Manchester United. It's fucking stupid. Um, but yeah, Scott McKenna, I'll I'll I'll, I'll be boring and agree with Reese there. But I think a lot. I think Yates is definitely going to be up there for shout. I think mm. Graben is up there. Colback secretly, like on on a, on a whim. There's there's, a, there's been a few very very good standout performances from yeah, players. Yeah, Spence would be another one. Spence yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sign of a good team though, if you've got several players as opposed to whereas before it's like, all right, who do we hate the least? <laughs> that's what it's been like for the last like season and a yeah. half you'd say wouldn't it like oh I just fucking hate them all get rid of them all they're all crap uh, that's what it's been like hasn't it absolutely yeah god so Lee obviously so a grade for the season so far you're the best player in your eyes season so far and your hopes for the second half of the season Um. Great for the season so far. That's I think that's a really difficult one, just on the basis that we get everyone a seven-game start. Mm. So I mean, f- for those seven games, you'd be looking at an F, um, <laughs> um, or say a three out of ten. Not even a three. It, it wasn't a three, was it? Let's face it. It was zero. That's been generous. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a zero out of ten. It was. It really was. But for Johnson's goal at Derby, it was absolutely dire. Um, but yeah, I think. I mean, if. You've got to say where we are now. You've got to be. I think it's a it's a steady seven or eight out of ten. If you'd have taken the first seven games out of it, if you'd have said after twenty three games you've played everyone once, you're seventh and a point off the playoffs, albeit you've played two games more than QPR, 
I think because of what we've become used to, you know, finishing between 14th and 20th, you'd, you'd kind of snap your arm off for that sort of halfway um, situation. So, yeah, I'd go for it. I'd probably go for an eight uh, where we are now. Just had we not won on Saturday, it'd probably slip back down to a seven or a six and a half. But, yeah, because of where we are, points on the board, um, I'd go for an eight. So that's in latter form, would you say B? Yeah. Um, yeah, B. B plus. Yeah. Let's go for B plus. <laughs> I don't really like that one. But yeah, <laughs> I think that puts B uh, firmly across the board for all of us. Unanimous agreement once again. So about your player of the season and your hopes for the rest of the season. So player, I think, um, it's got, for me, it's got to be Scott McKenna. Um, Unanimous clean sweep there. All in the Scott McKenna fan club. Yeah, I can't disagree with anyone else there. I think Ryan Yates has been brilliant under Cooper, but was very average for the first seven games. Um, <laughs> Joe Worrell didn't play the first seven. Joe Worrell's been very good as well, but he didn't play the first six games, did he? Five, six That's games. True, yeah. So, yeah, I'm ruling him out for that. And I do I do think McKenna kind of has been... A, I mean, I didn't really think Joe Worrell was better than McKenna last month, but he, he won the player of the month, didn't he? So, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, there's been... Spence has been good as well, to be honest, but for me, just for consistently being good, I'd have to go McKenna. Okay, cool. And I guess my hopes for the season, for the second half of the season, would just be. It sounds easy to say keep winning, doesn't it? But I think it, what I've enjoyed about Steve Cooper is every game's been enjoyable to watch. Um, I know that there were there was the it's like watching Newton comments when we were down to ten men against Luton, which people kind of lost their shit about. But I just think it, it's become more enjoyable again. We have a go in every game. We've got a bit of an identity. Um. So, yeah, just long may that continue. It's nice to kind of, not to know that your team's going to have a go in every game, but to know how they're roughly going to set up and what they're going to try and do in every game. I think that's something that we've probably lacked for 10 years, to be totally honest, since probably since Billy Davies was at the club. Mm. No, it's fair point. I think, yeah, it's, it's certainly a very exciting time to be a Forest fan and things are hopefully on the up. I reckon, I kind of want to buck the trends and not go for a B, but I think... Yeah, it B's probably is fair, isn't it, really? I mean, we started abysmally. We turned it around, like I said earlier on the pod. We've got to a point where we're actually having the season we all hoped we would be having. Like, if you were to say, even in June, before a ball was kicked, that Forest would be one point off the playoffs come Christmas, we all would have taken it and perhaps maybe even expected it. So <laughs> that we've done that after a seven-game head start is quite bizarre. But um, then again, Forest aren't actually a normal club and the Championship isn't a normal league. In regards to my player of the season, I think, you know, like we said, McKenna, Yates, Johnson. Johnson, I mean, like, like Johnson with 10 goal involvements now. There's five goals and five assists in 22 starts. And he's made one sub appearance as well. So he's played in every game this season. For someone who's 20 years old, that is absolutely remarkable. Grabben deserves a shout. Carbat deserves a shout. Jed Spence, I know he's a lone player. He deserves a shout. Even Max Lowe, you could say he's made a massive impact on that left-hand side. And like I said, it's the fact there's so many players that, we all think of being contention for it. It's just so, so pleasing. I personally, I am actually going to agree with you. This is going to be the most boring round ever. <laughs> I'm going to say McKenna as well, because in my opinion, I think, and like I said before, I think you have a point, Adam, actually, in what you said, in that maybe Worrell, because he does the, the headline stealing stuff, if you like, the, the last ditch blocks, the like the, the um, throwing himself into, into trying to stop whatever, because he does all of that, 
maybe it does actually highlight a part of his game that potentially could be worked upon, whereas McKenna seems to really be there. I think that if we were to go up and go back down again, I think a mid-table Premier League side would look at McKenna, and I think that a bottom five side would be looking at Morrell, my personal opinion. I just think McKenna's got a higher ceiling. I think like, he's just so clean. He just does everything you could possibly want from centre-back and more. We're very lucky to have him. So, yeah, I think he'd been part of the year so far. And I think Ryan Yates, words I never thought I'd say, would be a very, very close second. So, interesting. We now move on to our signings of the season. Signings, season, signings that we've made. And uh, 10 of them um, with very mixed fortunes. Obviously, as we all know, supporting Forest, having made about 100 signings over the last five years, not everyone's going to be a success. Uh, I wish that was exaggeration, by the way. It, it really isn't. I reckon we probably have pushed close to 100 signings since the Greeks have taken over. Um, but yeah, we've made 10 signings. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to read out their name. <laughs> and 10. 10, yeah. We can try, this, try, try this quick fire. I want you to give me a score out of 10 and a brief summary. So we'll start with Brian Ajada. Adam, you go first. Sorry. So, well, he's only played twice and looked okay in both games. I'd probably give him like a five for now. I think it's quite hard to give him any higher. I think he's definitely what um, one of us mentioned about uh, what Cooper might do in the January regarding if, if you're planning for transfers, it's like project players. He's definitely in that category, I think. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'd go with that. I think there's a, there's a lot to like about a, a Jada, but there's more to see as well. Cool. Okay, nice. I, I agree with that. Reese. Um, yeah, I'll give him a six. Um, he's looked, looked good in the two games we've played, but like Adam just said, it's hard because um, not seeing much of him, but Hopefully we'll get to see a bit more of him and with him being a young lad and that, the potential is there. Like So, yeah, six out of ten for me. I don't think there's much to be said with Ajada. He looks a steady signing. He fits the Murphy criteria quite well. I think it's pretty clear that he's signed him. Um, he, he plays in a position where he's never going to... Well, he's not done loads yet. So let's just go... I, when I used to do player ratings, I used to do, for a set match, six was just OK. Done nothing wrong, done nothing amazing. So I think on that basis, it's got to stay at six for now for a Jada. That's fair enough, yeah. Nice. I think I'd also agree with six. I think that he showed, especially, I can't remember what game it was now, where he basically just burst like, like a 50-yard run. I think we scored from that. He spread it out to the right and the ball came in and we scored. So he's, he obviously looks like he could be a very handy player for us. So yeah, I think six. Looking forward to what comes next. Um, the next one, I did say this to be for the highs and for the lows. Ethan Horvath. Uh, the American international goalkeeper we signed in the summer. Reese will go with you first this time. What do you think? Um, I'll go five and a half for him. Is that, is that the half taken off that first touch by any chance? Yeah, I did, I did feel sorry for him because, you know, coming into that side, it's, you know, you know, it, no, that side was so low on confidence and, you know, Horvath's that. Goal summed it up, didn't it? Really, and um, but he looked he looked decent in the cup games. You know the Wolves game, he he kept us in it first half, and as soon as they scored, the the floodgates opened. But he looks a steady number two to me. Um, so yeah, five and a half for me. But Samba's made the position his own again, so 
Yeah. yeah that... Lee, uh, Horvath, what do you reckon? Um, well, I mean, very difficult. Pretty good against Wolves. I know he shipped four, but it probably could have been 14 if it had not been for him. Um, looked pretty steady against Bradford. Was pretty horrific in the league game he played. So, yeah. Um, on the basis, again, based of what I've just said and how I'm going to judge it, you'd probably have to go five. Just for that for that absolute howler, he's going to have to lose one. I don't think he was ever signed to to be a, a regular in the team. It was just to put a bit of pressure on Samba. So it looks to have done that because Samba's form's been really good. So yeah, just a just a five. Adam, uh, five. Can't really again. Can't really judge him on like what three games he's had uh, in the Bradford game. I saw him. He looked he looked fairly steady. Good shot stopper. Um, but it. I'd I'd give I'd give him probably a bit lower because of that touch, but I think give him a five because he seems to have gave Samba a kick up the arse because Samba is now probably again one of the best keepers in the league again at the moment. Yeah, he's he, you can't really argue with his his distribution um, or anything like that, and and I love his ability to not know where to take a goal kick in the last fifteen minutes. But I know we're talking about even half half, but I just have to mention that brilliant shithousery. <laughs> it was very I did see that that was like a 40 second kick wasn't it <laughs> it was unbelievable um, so next up oh, it's, it's, it's me isn't it sorry um, I'd say four personally I actually thought I expected better um, I, this, I know obviously it's, the Americans obviously are getting a lot better at football which for a country of their size it should be they should be one of the world leaders much like they are for the Olympics but they are gradually putting more funding and getting better and so I thought you know you look at Stefan at City he always takes a very safe pair of hands and I thought the four of us coming in and challenging that so we've played Champions League football I, I know obviously I don't you know pressure could do strange things to people I expected better than what happened in that game against Borough that was pretty piss poor but like you said played well against Wolves played well against Bradford's you know, obviously, it's just the life of a keeper, isn't it? You make a mistake and you're written off. We'll see what happens when he has to inevitably come in again at some point. But it's better, it's better number two than what we had before. So, four out of ten. Um, next up, James Garner. Garner, I think, again, difficult because he started pretty poorly. But the last month, he's been absolutely brilliant again. So, um, are we doing half marks? No, we we bowled. Stick to your number. Be bowled. Okay, I'm going to go for an eight. I think his form the last month has bumped him up to an eight for me. Mm. Um, he, he seems to have added something to our team. It's almost like Cooper's asked him to kind of not be afraid to get stuck in a little bit more, and I think that's really good to see. Um, and his his passing's never really been in question, to be fair. So yeah, yeah, I'll go for an eight. Race. Um. That is a tough one. That is a very tough one because we're going on what we've seen last season. Um, oh god, that is tough. Um, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give him a seven, a six and a half. What do I give? It's oh, gonna be a six and a half or a seven. That's a tough one. Yeah, he, he the last. What is it now? Probably half a dozen, maybe ten games. He's looked loads better for me. Part is a cog, part of the the team what we've got. Um, he gets around the pitch a lot more. He's not afraid to to get it stuck in. Um, and probably because we've improved the side overall, and players are playing more 
at a potential. You've not seen him stand out as much, but you know he's he's worked his way back into the side and he's looked a lot more the player from last season for me. So yeah, I'll give him a seven. Why not? So that's a pretty fair assessment, I think. Adam, what are you saying? Um, six point seven five. Can I do, can I do that? Um, yeah, no, manager, I'm, mate. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in agreement with Reese of like had a, had a bit of a poor start because of maybe the style of football. Even though he was the shining light last last season, um, mm. but but this season now we're playing a better brand of football. Like Reese says, he, he's not standing out so much, but. He's also able to do his job a lot better. Um, but my question for you would be: If we got promoted, would you want to sign him permanently? Yes. Yeah, no definitely. But yes. his age. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I would as well. Mm. Yeah, he fits again. He fits the criteria for a Murphy signing down to the ground. Young, plenty of sell-on value, bags of potential. Um, yeah, no-brainer for me. I think um, I, I I actually give him a seven point five to be honest because Ooh. unlike the rest of the players that we've signed, none of them had to have a pre season that was devised by a PE teacher. So <laughs> <laughs> there is absolutely when I mean, it, I, there's a lot. I mean, obviously, young players dip in and out of form. We know that we've seen it with Johnson even this season over the last few games. Like and you know, the last three games has been red hot. The three before that, it was quite cold. Garner was exactly the same, started off pretty poorly, um, but then grew into it. I don't know whether it was because playing in front of crowds again or the football or whatever. Um, but the last, like you said, the last six, seven games, he's just been a vital, vital cog in that forest midfield. And it's actually hard to look past him now. Him and Colbat seems to make him a really good pairing. So, yeah, 7.5 for me. Uh, we're now going to move on to this one is a bit a bit open to interpretation because I have a feeling that Reese might say 10 regardless but um, I know it's going to be then <laughs> yeah uh, Silver no it's uh, Jordi I'll say 2-2 two, two. we'll go for it so Reese, you can skip that one off um, it's a tough one again when he's when he's played he's looked decent but I'm probably going to have to go like four and a half out of Ooh. ten <laughs> Um, I must have tough love that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just the injury, isn't it? And like yesterday, it's just you know, it was a bit of a whack. And he said it was an impact injury, which hopefully will be okay then for Middlesbrough Mm. because he'll probably end up playing right back in his natural position that game. But the times he has played, he's looked decent. You know, the first he started well yesterday again. Yeah, he was actually in, you know, like I said in the chat, he was actually in the box twice in the first five minutes. You know, Guyton Bong didn't even cross the halfway line. So that was that was not... And you could just see the balance of the team straight away looked a lot more better when you've got two wing-backs pushing, doing the same thing. But it's just his injuries. There's definitely a player in there for me. I've said that, but, you know, hopefully he can stay fit. But... And I'm keeping fingers crossed for him because he's a young lad and that. And like Cooper said yesterday, he's tried so hard to get back and worked so hard. But yeah, hopefully we can see more of him. But at the minute, it's going to have to be a four and a half. All right. What about you, Adam? Yeah, um, yeah probably Probably have to agree with Reese there purely because of the injury thing. Um, no one wants to see that um, with a young lad sort of thing. I know he's not our player, but you can see he's he's very good 
forward thinking fullback and and it's obviously a big part of our game at the moment so um hopefully he can stay fit for the rest of the season because he's definitely got a part to play again he's always injured isn't he i mean i hate to say it but it's it's such a shame for the lad because he is a really good player um just on the base, similar with Ajada, I don't think I can give Ajada a six and then um, bump, if we're not doing half marks, bump offside two to up any. So, yeah, probably a six. I, I thought he was really good on his debut against Bournemouth when he did get through the full game. Yeah. Um, but just because just because we've seen so little of him, it, it's still a six for me. Okay. I, I'm actually going to give it, I'm going to go 6.5 personally. I, a player can't help getting injured. Like, I mean, it, point. I, I'm only going to go by what I've seen from him in the Forest shirt. And I think that he was man in the match in the game against Bournemouth in a game that we were largely pretty lethargic and again, basically inviting to score the winner. It was unlucky in the game he got injured against. He's come back and he's pretty much picked up exactly where he left off. He's, he's okay, fair enough. Ben Hamer's done a Ben Hamer thing. But Jordi Asatutu worked that goal. He worked that opportunity. And again, like you said, he gives us a bit of extra, like, like a bit of zip on the pitch when you see him pro forward and get at the fullback, you know, give that extra bit of overlap, the opportunity. Whereas before Bong and even Colback called this opposite position, they struggle to get past that into that stage. So yeah, I think 6.5. I think you know if he can stay fit, I think he can be an important player for us moving forward. I think there's a good I, chance we can sign him permanently if he I don't can fit. I don't see his career as well being a wing back. I I think he's better as a winger, I really do. That's where we kind of played for Boston when I went and watched him. And I do think eventually that's where he'll end up playing, to be yeah. honest, but we'll see. We will see, yeah. Obviously, but yeah, he's a, certainly been a good addition for Forest. I don't think anyone can, like, from what from what you've seen from on the pitch, he's done well. Um, we're not going to be from someone who hasn't been on the pitch yet. Uh, Mohamed Drager. <laughs> so it was Adam. We'll go with you for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's probably getting like a 10 at Tunisia, and he's scoring for him. Yeah, he's um, done great, mate. I don't know, a one? He's probably Basically. like, I just think you can't really give him a mark, can you? Same yeah. with, I know, I know he's going to come up with Xander Sylvie. I mean, actually, you probably give him more of a mark because we've got rid of him already. He's plays, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, can't, can't, can't give him I a mark. I think, actually, to, to um, be fair, we'll ignore Drager and Eli because they haven't played. We'll just say yeah. NA for them. However, so we'll change that, sorry. We'll go to... Sunday Silver, who has played, he played 20 minutes against Middlesbrough, which was a remarkable debut, as you remember rightly, Reese. What would you say? <laughs> I think I know you just said you'll skip them too, but I think all three of them you've got to give a zero, aren't you? Really, pretty much. Yeah. Um, to be fair, Drager, I do think might come into the team at some point if we don't get rid of him in January. Ely, I, I just I think. It won't surprise if he never plays for us, to be honest. Um, but he's seeing the sights, Reese. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah, he's, 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 he's le- learning how to drive. And- <laughs> <laughs> the ship said, loving Wallaton Castle, um, whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, the uh, infamous sight of Xander Silver. Pre-season. <laughs> <laughs> it's one that I always like to watch a player before judging him. And he's not played as he's not been part of the plans. So... If we if he's not part of the plans and not anywhere near the team, you know, you, you have to move players on it, especially what is a 24, 25. They're not yeah. going to be wanting to sit outside the match day squad of 18. So if he can go to Greece and play, then good for him. Do it. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I can't really, you know, make a judgment on any of them because not seen enough. Yeah. But, no, that's fair yeah. enough. I think yeah. um just, 
does find that to be a zero for all three of them personally. Yeah, I mean Eli at least we know he's sort of recovering from an ACL, so he's being eased back mm. in. But the other two, well, Drake has mm. been at two international tournaments. <laughs> so I, it's, it's I, I think one. I think Eli was brought in because basically Hughton said with the tools he had, he couldn't swap the formation. And basically now brought him in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically they brought him in so that he couldn't use that pathetic excuse. Um, but you know, he's not been not heard much from him very rarely. So there's something fab as it. This is the thing. I mean, even going through these now, so we've signed ten players and three of them haven't. Well, three of them haven't played really. I mean, I'm not going to count a twenty minute cameo because it was pointless. And, and he's already gone. Now. Yeah, he's, and he's already, and he's already gone. Yeah, if it forced me to believe he's going to that area, yeah. isn't he? So he can uh, put a shot out for throwing over there. But the next one I think will be a bit more, um, a bit more upbeat. Uh, Philip Zinkenagel, Adam. Um, I think people get this assumption that Zinkenagel is going to be like an eight out of ten every single week, and the reason he's been loaned out to us is obviously evident that he blows hot and cold at the moment in a, in a foreign league, obviously back at Bodo Glim. I can't actually, I, I don't actually know if they're, are they Den, Danish or Norwegian? Norwegian. Norwegian. He was like unreal for them. Like you look at his goal scoring record and it's staggering. Yeah. It's like Erling Haaland kind of levels of, of when he was playing for Mulder. So like, but he's a technically good player. I would probably say he's a seven and a half, maybe a seven. I think he, he's too hot and cold for my liking, but that's the championship. But when you've got players like Johnson, Graben, uh, Mayan, who throw into the mix, that can kind of fill those shoes. If he's not on form, then it's it really bodes well. But from what I've seen of him, technically a really, really good player. I mean, I don't think I've seen a shit goal from him yet. So <laughs> that's always good. Um, yeah, I, I like him. I'm not sure. I don't know... If, if we went up, I don't know if we'd sign in permanently. I think there's just so many better options out there that you can get for cheaper as well. Um, yeah, it, it, he's, been, he's been all right. He's been a good squad player. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lee, you're going to come to Watford's mercurial forwards, Philip Zinkamagel. What do you reckon? Uh, nine for me. I think he's the best of the bunch, to be honest. Um, I think an analogy I used in my head the other day that I quite liked was that he's everything that we thought Knockhart would be um, mm. when he arrived. Um, goals, assists, he could probably get double figures in both if he if he really wanted to. I think by his own admission, he should certainly be scoring more. Um, obviously, teeing up more is going to be, be relying on someone keep putting the ball in the net. So, yeah, a nine for me. Like I say, I think he's a, an exceptional player. It's just a shame that Watford have got him on such a, a long-term contract that it does seem unlikely that we'll um, get to get to see him again after this season. Reese, what do you reckon about um, old PZ? Um, I do like Zinkenegel. Like Adam said, very technically good on the ball. Typical attacking midfielder, blows hot and cold. You see that in the, you know, in the Premier League. Like I said, I think it's about the last pod. Um, definitely got ability on the ball without a doubt. I like what I like I do like about Zinkenegel is he doesn't shy away. He mm. always wants the ball. And that's probably a criticism I can give a jow. You know, he probably could be wanting the ball a bit more while Zinkenegel, especially under Hewton as well, when times weren't good, he would still want the ball. And I like that in a player. Mm. 
you know, when times aren't as good, say, look, give me the ball and I'll try and make something happen. If it doesn't come off, you know, fair enough, at least he's trying. But yeah, probably a seven and a half, maybe an eight for Zing. Um, yeah, I do, I do like him. Could he do a bit more consistently? Definitely, but definitely a player in there for sure. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's quite fair as well. I mean, um, that's a lot of. Uh, I mean, there's reading that report that was on the Athletic that was sort of done by the Watford reporter in Tales, and they're basically saying the same. I think the the report, the um, the telling quote for me was after the Reading game where he scored that slalom goal, and they said. If he's got it in his locker, do that much more frequently, but doesn't. Mm. So I do think, that's, but yeah. And that's probably why he's playing the championship. Precisely. You know, and so. that's why Watford haven't gone, no, we're in a relegation battle. Can we, tr- mm. can we rely on this guy? So maybe he does need another year in England and that's where it's benefited all parties. I mean, I do think he's been a good addition for the squad. I'd say seven out of 10. He's got a lot of assists. I mean, to be fair, he's certainly can deliver a ball, which is something that we were lacking big time last year. And like Adam said, his goals have been phenomenal, every single one. So, yeah, exciting player when he's on his day. He can be hot and cold. I actually would like to see Cooper rotate him a bit more, maybe. Like, when he does go through his cold spells, he'll be, like, not as afraid. Just go, okay, you know what, we've got Jow on the bench or we've got Might and whatever. Switch it up. But, you know, when he's on form, very good player for us. And um, speaking of uh, on form, the next player, uh, Max Lowe. Uh, Adam's good buddy so we'll start with you Adam for that one um, what would you go for? I think for Max Lowe I think you've got to give him seven and a half, eight out of ten I think he, he, he's he he's been really solid for us at left left wing back predominantly um, gets forward really well has uh, been pretty solid defensively I think the early game where he had a bit of a mare was QPR away which was all there for he, he Lost his bearings a little bit, um, and probably unfortunate to get to get his injury at a time where he was playing mostly quite consistent, mm. um, and it, and it's it's been great. But we have we I think we have missed him obviously through that period having to play a rotation of Bong and Cole back, um, and then obviously it's it's been good that I'll say Tutu's come back now. It's been quite good timing really, but. Yeah, the the quicker we get Max Lowe back, the better. Um, I think Sheffield United fans, or and, and probably Sheffield United are probably quite wounded that he's doing pretty well for us. I'd imagine because um, they're not. I mean, they they're picking up a little bit, but we're 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 reaping the rewards of having him. Absolutely, Lowe. Yeah, um, I go for eight for Max Lowe. Been very impressed actually. Uh, I think what bumps him up to an eight for me is that we've typically struggled to get a good left back in. Um, mm. What I also liked about it is Derby and Derby and Sheffield United fans almost broke their necks to tell us how shit he was. Um, <laughs> and he's not. It's, I, I've said it before on this podcast, certain players suit certain clubs and Max Lowe looks to be thriving under regular football well before his injury anyway. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, eight for me on uh, Lowe. Reese. Um, yeah, he's, he's done well um, when he's when he's and that's the same as guy's injury because it has, you know, we've done we've got done quite well to kind of get round it um, because we've we've had loads of different players playing there and filling in etc. But um, yeah, I'd probably give him a seven out of ten so far. 
Um, it'd be nice when he's back as well because that gives us another option. It'd be, it'd be really nice to think you've got three competent wing backs, so it'll keep the two R in a team on the toes. So, yeah, he's, he's been good low, and yeah, seven out of ten for me. Cool. I think um, I'm going to go for eight personally, just because left back's been such a problematic position for Forrest. And like when he was fit, it was like you wouldn't know we'd had that. He just slotted in so seamlessly. And I feel a bit bad actually because I've only seen him twice in the flesh. I think unless you played that Millwall game, and um, <laughs> he had a shocker at QPR and got injured at Reading. So it's like, oh good, maybe maybe miss curse, who knows? But um, yeah, I think he'd be very dependable. You know, he's got forward well. You know, he's shown. You know, again, like I touched on Millwall too. So when you have two fullbacks, you actually get beyond the halfway line and look to make things, look to give the wingers like uh, an option in behind or inside or whatever. It makes a huge difference, and loads does. I think that's his natural game like that, which makes it weird why it didn't really work out from Sheffield United and the Wilder who favours wing backs. But as Adam alluded to, their losses are gain, and yeah, I wouldn't be against us making that permanent if we could. And that leads us on to talking of permanent dream permanent signings. On to the last one, I think we all know who this is Middlesbrough's Jed Spence. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be controversial that I said that Zinkanal was the best of the bunch and not Spence. Um, <laughs> Spencer's got to have a nine as well. Um, I just think the reason I, I went with Zinconov as the best of the bunch is because he's at the top end of the pitch. So you typically you get the you get the moments with him, don't you? Where he's scoring the good goals and creating the good assists. Whereas Spence is, he will ultimately be judged in the position he's playing with his defending, um, which is it's good. Don't get me wrong; he's a very good player. Um, mm. But yeah, I just if I had to pick one of the two, it'd be Zinconov ahead of Spence. Ooh. But yeah, exceptional player. Um, Really hope we can sign. I really hope the complications that Wilder's been talking about are that there's some sort of issue with his contract and we've got a, a clause that we can buy him or something like that. Because again, right back has typically been an area where we've kind of flirted with lots of different players rather than having one set player for, for two or three years. So yeah, if we could get him, it'd be great. Um, but apologies, Jed, I do prefer Philip Zinkler a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> Got to give him a 10 out of 10, haven't you? Got to give him a 10. He's been superb for us. Um, I think even myself, when it came after the deadline, a few people's kind of questioning it, like, who's this guy? Um, oh, Middlesbrough don't want him, but he's deemed good enough for us. And he's been an absolute revelation. He really, really has. Um, you know, he's even getting comparisons of Matty Cash under Lamusi, who... Cash is now a full international and playing in the Premier League. So, if he can keep them performances up, you know, hopefully it's at Forest and um, he can definitely go on to play in the Premier League because that wing back position is, you know, more, you know, people, managers see it as more of an important position nowadays. So, yeah, he's, he's been fantastic and he would probably be, after McKenna, my number two for player of the season so far. So, yeah, a 10 from Len, as um, I'd say, on Strictly Come Dancing. Even though I don't, want, I don't watch that now. Yeah, of course you don't. <laughs> what about you, Adam? I, I, can't, I can't disagree with that. He, he's, been, he's been brilliant. And, um, I mean, we had Cyrus Christie last season and I thought he weren't too bad. Um, it was going to be hard to really, like, replace cash obviously but mm. Jed Spence has been unreal 
uh, for us um, since he's come in. And a lot of people complain about, have said about his attitude not being right at Middlesbrough, but that's there's no evidence of his attitude being poor at Forest whatsoever. He gives 100% every game. He works hard. He gets back. He gets forward really well. He's an exciting player going forward from right back uh, or right wing back. Um, and I think he's really relishing his time playing for us. And if the, the rumours are true that he wants to stay for the rest of the season, then I, I got to hope he uh, throws his toys out of the pram to do it because we're, we're going to benefit for it and we're going to be in that in that shout. And I know Middlesbrough are actually obviously touching distance within that, but why would you not want to carry on playing where you're enjoying your football and you know you're guaranteed the starting spot? No, it's true. And I think, like as you touched upon there, the whole attitude thing, I think, given given his position, I mean, it was made fairly obvious that Wilder wanted him back a few weeks ago. It would have been very natural for him to go, oh, what's the fucking point then? Just down tools. But he hasn't done that at all. If anything, it's just spurred him on even more. So, and like you said, uh, hopefully, um, yeah, he does get to a point where he's just like, actually, I want to stay at Forest, put my foot down. Sorry, Chris, but it's what it is. And Borough then put in your position of, do they keep a player who doesn't want to be there? Or do they stick with what they have? So, fingers crossed we can work something out for him because he's clearly a very gifted footballer. And I don't know why they even entertained letting him go before. But I would also agree, 10 out of 10. And yeah, Viva Jed Spence. Um, <laughs> we're now going to move on to the question that we actually asked out, which I thought was quite an interesting one. So, looking for examples of players slash managers that you were wrong about for Forest and why. So, for example, someone that you thought would be great and turned out to be poor, or someone that you thought would be useless and turned out to be good. So, I'll read a few replies here. So, Adam T said, Salenzi was signed with a lot of hype, being the first Italian in the Premier League and turned out to be awful. Chris Cohen was signed as an add-on with Aaron Davis and ended up becoming a modern-day legend. I also thought McLaren would be good. I mean, McLaren was potentially right person, wrong time, but that's another story for another day. Um, David Jones said, I thought Pantillamon was a great signing until it became clear he couldn't catch. A bit harsh, he got 15 clean sheets that season. Um, Antonio hadn't pulled up any trees for Wednesday, so I wasn't expecting much, but he was another level for us. I think Antonio is probably the big one, actually. We'll probably agree on it a bit. Um... And then someone said, not really a question. Uh, Liam Gillies said, not in terms of the question, but in terms of someone who left Forest with big expectations, Oliver Burke was absolutely electric. I fully expected him to get better and better. And unfortunately, he seems to have struggled. Uh, Malcolm Heron said, Antonio is a big surprise. Again, much like David Jones said, came with a bit of a bad rep from Wednesday. And then obviously to pull the place apart. Guy Moussi, again, may not, uh, came from a very unknown French team. Wasn't really sure what to expect. But again, played with us with passion and pride. He also thought that Ishmael Miller and Matty Fright were going to be good. And as we all know, neither were. Um, Lewis Stickley said, Eon Jess, Nicky Barmy spring to mind, both at the heights of their careers of international class. I thought Ian Wright and Andy Cole would do a bit better despite their years. Andy Cole, I think we all agree on, didn't score a goal for us. At least Ian Wright can say we've got a one in two record on loan. Uh, and yeah, Richard West said, Harry Arter and Rally Majewski. Obviously, Arter being. Thought be good, then turn out to be bad. Ready, probably be bad and then good. Um, Glenn uh, said, Glenn Boy from 1960 says, Peter Wiv, never heard of him. What a player and left us way too early. And Aid Smith said, I thought David Phillips would be terrible and he was fantastic. Had high hopes for Stuart, we signed from United and he was terrible. Special mention to Jonathan Greening, aka Jesus, who did a great job to say he was ridiculed by most Reds. 
so we'll start we'll wrap through this um now uh race who is your it was your question really so you, who is your player or manager that you thought would be good and mm-hmm. wasn't or vice versa <laughs> I've got to, I've got to start with my non-Forest one because I used to work with a lad who supported Spurs, and he told me that how good Harry Kane was going to become, and I said he would never make it <laughs> Premier League level, and now, now I look at him. Well, at the minute he's not looking like Premier League level, but he's in down tools, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm sure if he went to City in January, he'd be scoring goals. Yeah. You know, Back on to Forest. One, I'm going to probably go through a few what I can think in my head. Neil Lennon was one who yeah. I remember we beat a host of clubs to sign him back in the day and he was fucking useless. Terrible. Um, yeah. Art is a good one. What some guy mentioned, another guy who mentioned Davis and Cohen's probably the perfect one because we all wanted Davis and Cohen turned out to, you know, leave his legacy and Davis, you know, we don't know where he is nowadays. So, um, yeah, the the one another one what springs to mind, and and then I'll pass it on to Adam, is the manager wise, and some people won't agree with this. I can certain Stu um, on Twitter who does listen to the pod, I think won't agree with this. But when we got Dougie Friedman as manager, I was fuming, and um, I think I actually did a bit of a rant on. Twitter at the time <laughs> about it and to be fair to Friedman he actually with the tools he had to keep us away from that relegation zone I thought he did a really good job um, you know only could sign players 10k a week we can only could sign frees and loans for, us to, for him to have us you know in lower mid table and not steering down the barrel of relegation I thought he did a commendable job personally no, but, like I said, I know, I know people disagree with that. No, I think we're all Doogie fans here, to be honest. Uh, sunshine, good times, all that. I mean, I wasn't a fan of his football. It, it was negative, don't get me wrong, but sometimes in life and in football, you've got to do what you've got to do to get results. So. You can do with the hands you've been dealt with. And that's yeah, of course, did. yeah. 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 Um, Adam, what about you? So, player and a manager that you thought would be, be good or was bad or bad and was good? Um, I think Steve McLaren's a really good shout because um, we had, I think we got him uh, after the England job that he he had. Yeah, that, so you thought in Holland, didn't he? At twenty, yeah, he yeah. thought like, oh, come with a bit of pedigree. He did well with twenty as well. Mm. I think after he left us, um, or what, I think I can't remember the timeline now. But yeah, so I thought he would be better than I think at the time. He did come with a, a, a rubbish time. I mean, we we played in hooped socks. So what do you expect? Um, <laughs> I think player-wise, I think I, I didn't think I expected much from David Vaughan, to be honest. I used to just think he was a bit of an injury-prone kind of Premier League has been, like played for Sunderland and and that and and Blackpool, obviously. And I, I was like, he just sounds like he's injured all the time. And then he comes to earth and he was unbelievable. I think he's quite a lot of people's like cult heroes of like how when we were terrible. Because he was just so good. <laughs> so I'd say David Vaughan, maybe. Just, yeah, I'd go for him. No, yeah, both very good shouts. Yeah, I must admit, it was with Vaughan, when Vaughan came in, it was sort of, I must admit, it was like, oh, we're signing this like older guy who's, you know, like I said, injured a lot of the time. And then he turned out to be an Esther. So who knew? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so obviously it's uh, your turn for the question, then, me. 
the player, the one that sticks in my head, and it's it's a really low key player to be honest, but I thought he'd be really good, uh, and it was Michael Mancian. All right, um, okay. I just thought when we signed him, I remember seeing a, a couple of the games he played at Chelsea, and he was he was raved about. Obviously, I've always read four four two, and he was part of the Stars of the Future feature a few times, and I thought, you know, he's had a year in in Germany playing there, and. And Pierce signed him. I thought this could be a masterstroke. Plays in a couple of positions, holding midfield, centre back, play at full back. Ultimately, it was absolutely dreadful in all of them for us. Um, you could probably count. I mean, I always remember my mate had about two or three seasons out of watching Forest, and there was a spare ticket one game, and he came to the Preston game. Oh, the three 0 Yeah, I think Crank was manager. Yeah, that, that was where that was like the death knell for. Yeah, it was when it was when Karanka said he was going to make changes, and for the next game he changed like eight players. I don't yeah. think Nancy and played again after that. Um, he was dreadful. He gave a penalty away. I think he scored an own goal, and it, that was the night when I actually thought I can't believe I was all over social media saying that we've signed one of the best players in the country who's going to play fifty times for England. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was I was badly wrong um, on Nancy. And what about manager? The manager, I think Steve McLaren for me. Um, yeah? Yeah, I just think, I, I still remember the day when Davis was kind of sacked. I was, work, I was working in a pub um, and it came up on Sky Sports News and it, straight away it said that Steve McLaren was kind of in talks. And I thought, oh, great, at least we've got a plan. It's mm. a, a manager that should, in theory, get us plenty of players in with his, his reputation. And it just never kind of worked out for him. Um I mean, I must go on record and say that I think Steve McLaren deserves actually a little bit of respect because he walked away from Forest. He didn't have to do that. He That's walked away without a penny. Yeah. He waited, uh, which I think, it, it, yeah, I think in the modern modern game is very admirable because how many managers do you see? I mean, Chris Hewitt's a good example, to be fair. I mean, he could have quite easily walked at the end of last season. I think I think he probably wanted to go in front of fans, mm. which, which you can't really begrudge him. But yeah, I think a lot of managers do stick stick at a club longer than in their own head they must be they must know their time's up but yeah. they'll wait until they've, they're offered a big chunk of cash to, to walk away so yeah I think McLaren's the one for me with the, with the manager so for me actually uh, for my player uh, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this would be uh, it's a loan signing Ross McCormack so when we signed mm, Ross McCormack on loan I thought that's it you know what if I Get in, we're staying up, we'll be safe, we'll, we'll be a cakewalk, we'll finish like 14th, it won't be a problem, and you'll score about 10, 12 goals. Got one goal in seven games and looked so off the pace, it was unbelievable. As someone who'd been so lethal before, like with Leeds and Fulham, like, and then, yeah, God knows. And then obviously went to Villa and is now in Australia. But, I think he had a couple of health problems, into when he was with us, which was yeah, a shame. It is a shame, yeah, um, because like, I really from, thought. Yeah, from that window as well, another perfect one will be Zach Clough. Yeah, Zach Clough looked brilliant. Now he's at now he's at Rochdale. He seems to pick up a bit there, to be fair to him. But yeah, now I think he's at Carlisle now. Carlisle, he's at Carlisle. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sure the uh, the truth will come out one day about that. His mm. uh, treatment by the club, which probably isn't great. But um, yeah, I think McCormack won. I think even another loan signing last year, Knockart, I thought would be a lot better than he was. I thought he in really really looked back. He showed a lot of glimpses, yeah. but didn't actually do a lot of end products, sadly, apart from the derby game, which. We used to win. Um, and as for manager, I, I, I think actually to be honest, Hewton, 
you know. So I thought, yeah, like, another good should, one. Yeah, Hewton would like sort it out. Like it, it would be a rough last season, which we'd already written off after four games because of where we were, and um, because of the upheaval and everyone we signed, and it was just a massive mess. But I honestly, I honestly believe that, you know, if you told me, come start start of July, Forest be seventh, and you know, one point off the playoffs, I thought, yeah, that's what I'd expect a Hewton side to have done. Uh, I, but obviously didn't end up where I saw it ended up pretty dismally really and to be honest after the way Cooper's been Forest, I'd be surprised if we can get some championship job after that because look how much he's holding us back really that's what you have to say but hindsight's a lovely thing and yeah but we'll have another question for you over the Christmas break no doubt um, anyway we're now coming to the end of the pods so we've got predictions time now and so we've got predictions for two games. We have Middlesbrough away on Boxing Day, and then we have Huddersfield at home on the 30th of December, I believe. Uh, it's a Thursday night for some bizarre reason. But um, <laughs> yeah, I know, as, as you do. Whoever <laughs> uh, put that one in generator, well done. I don't know w- at what point you thought a Thursday night fixture over Christmas would be wise, but hey ho. Um, so yeah. Uh, We'll start with you, Reese. What do you reckon from those? Let's assume these games are going ahead, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. I'd, li- I'd like to hope so. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen a few um, people put on Twitter yesterday, and it, you know, and, and I, I've had the felt at the end of the game, and I felt a bit the same. You know, walking out of the ground, the euphoria after that win of us coming from behind. I, I did think. I, ho- I generally hope this isn't it for you know, even if it was for a month or so. Mm. Um, but yeah, we are going to go on. Obviously, if they will go ahead, but Borough, tough game. You know, they've, you know, I know everyone's saying, um, you know, it was wrong to say we wanted Wilder over Cooper, but I think Wilder would have had a good effect on us as well. Um, and he's, he's done that on Middlesbrough, got them, you know, a decent run of results. Um, grinded out to win against Bournemouth um, yesterday. Good result for him. So they'll they'll be tough. They'll be tough to beat. I do think that'll be the problem. Is for that one we haven't got spent. So I am hoping Tutu is fit for that because then you you do worry a little bit because who's going to fill in at right back then? Mm. Um, so if he is fit, I think that'll be a one-one. If he isn't, then I wouldn't surprise me if we just got nicked 1-0 or something there. But I'm going to be positive and I'll go 1-1 for that one, which I, I think that would be a good point away from home. Definitely. Um, Huddersfield, um, they won yesterday, didn't they? So um, they must be really close to us. Um, have a look for you. Their first have... win in a few, in a few yeah. away games. It was oh, they are 10th. They are one point behind us, having played the same amount of fixtures with us. Yeah. What, so, what a mental game. So, like, 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 <laughs> like, like, like I said earlier, there's so many teams queuing up at home. You, that, they're, they're your games you need to win at home against mm-hmm. some teams who are behind you. That's, that's the difference between you getting in the playoffs and you're not getting in the playoffs. We need to beat them at home. Um, they do concede quite a few, don't they? Huddersfield, I believe. Yeah, they go if it's only plus one. Um, so. Yeah, typical like Bielsa of we'll score more than you kind of mentality. Yeah, but they don't um, score that many. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they, they did score three didn't yesterday. So yeah, yeah I'm going to go that game. 
I'm going to go three one to Forest, and if we can get four points from the next two, would be I think a tremendous return, really would, and then going into the new year. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Everton, Alexa, Huddersfield have scored twenty eight and conceded twenty seven. I mean, ima- just ima- imagine. I know games might get postponed with COVID, etc. But if we're sat in the playoffs come New Year's Day, that would be perfect. Yeah, and what, then what, to what, think you've got lift. January, you've got January to build upon, and then you know, cause if we such... keep this form, if we keep this form up, we're going to get in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're going to be probably end up dragging Bournemouth from Blackburn into a bit of a three-way tussle to finish behind Fulham. So. <laughs> Yeah, but let's, I'm not getting out of myself. It's just nice to have some, you know, positivity. And again, coming, like I just mentioned, coming out of the ground yesterday, I just, I just felt that, you know, wave of optimism, what we had under Lamushi, where you, I just can't, where you're just literally thinking, I cannot wait till the next game. So mm. I want to see what, how it pans out. And you, that's what being, you know, being a football fan is all about. Lee, your predictions for Middlesbrough away on Boxing Day and Huddersfield at home on the 30th, I believe. Middlesbrough away, I think, will be a tough game. Um, they don't really score many, do the Middlesbrough, touch wood. Uh, they're probably going to get five now. Um, <laughs> I think it might be a draw, you know. I think just with the injuries we've got that we might have, might and might not be available. Um Obviously, we've got a game a couple of days after. I wonder if it's going to be interesting to see whether Cooper's the sort of manager who will kind of infuriate Forest fans by picking lots of, you know, t- almost two different teams, um, even though we're in the middle of a good run. I, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I'll go for a draw, though. I think it'll probably be a, lo- a low scoring draw, 1 1. Yeah. Okay. And Huddersfield? Huddersfield. Um... I fancy us to be anyone at home at the minute, to be honest. Um, I think, I mean, I got some stick from you guys on Saturday for, for my comment at half-time against Hull. Um, <laughs> when I said there was no chance we were scoring two, the best we can hope for is a 1-1. Um, but no, that they showed a, you know, every week Steve Cooper's team seems to be showing us that they've got a, a different string to their bow. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a win against Huddersfield. Um, 2-0, 2-0 win. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, Middlesbrough, tough game. Obviously, Wilder doing doing good things in the in the short time he's been there. So it's going to be a tough game. It could go either way. Um, I think a draw will probably be the the uh, the, the call there. I, I wouldn't, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we lost or even if we won. It's it's one of them. They're they're a bit of a tricky side, Borough. I think. I, a bit of a bogey side, I think, for us in recent times. We we don't always tend to to do that well against them. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll take a point at, at Borough. That'll be a good point uh, away from home. And then Huddersfield, I, I think that we could we can put them to the sword. Really, I think we could give them an, another a Swansea kind of scoreline, four one, five one, maybe even would be nice. I, I generally think that. I don't think they're that good. They've just, got yeah. this, they've just got this foreign manager who sounds a bit fancy. He's, he's a fraud, right? I'm going out with it. Like, I am. I am very excited about this Forest team, and I mean, we were good under Lamucci in in a in a counter attacking way. We were we were dogged. We had people like Sambaso who just kicked people for fun in the middle of the park, which was great. But we are two, three times a better side than that. 
in my, in my in my opinion, we've got so many more options for for teams to worry about than other than just Lewis Graben. Mm. We've got wing backs who are just bombing on like no tomorrow. We've got one of the hottest properties in in foot in the football league. We've got a striker who's in the top five strikers in the league, in 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 my opinion. One of the be- best defenses, one of the best keepers, in my opinion. I know he's, he he can have his off days. Uh, and we've got Super Ryan Yates, who <laughs> is the transformation of the century. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, probably for, for a Forest player because how many of them go? He, he kind of reminds me of like when we had Danny Fox scape scapegoat. To, to know, no Fox at left and back then, was horrendous. Yeah, Fox <laughs> at centre half, unbelievable. Like Yates is Yates has kind of had the same transformation from going from this player that people think, why on earth has he made ninety odd appearances for Forest? He's turned the hundred mark. I, I'd have thought by now, and yeah. now look at him, he's unreal. He, no, I would yeah. not be shocked if he's the, if he's the next captain. If Warrell leaves, because I, I would, I'd make it Warrell after grabbing, but you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. We are a better side than than a lot of these teams in this league at the moment. It's it was evident we're top of it and form. Yeah. So why should we not beat teams like Uddersfield? Hashtag four five one four five nil. Fuck them. I love, I love the that is the most optimistic. I think. <laughs> Anyone's ever, ever said in this podcast. Yeah. Put that in the clip. No Huddersfield fans listen to this podcast because that is <laughs> if we got beat by <laughs> you've just done their team talk for them. <laughs> I, lo- I love the I love the optimism though. You 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 know, we've had that much crap, haven't we? And you know, when Forrest gone these little runs, well now a decent size run, you can't help but not, you know. Name me a get Huddersfield a bit, get, player that you're worried about. I don't even know their strikers. Have they got Fraser Campbell still up front? Fucking yeah, hell. Scott McKellar will eat him like haggis. <laughs> <laughs> That's him scoring, man. <laughs> oh, no, uh, header, admit, header. He's going to win a header against him. That's it. He's, he's, he's got one, a couple he's, of ex- yeah. he's one of those people. He's got Derby players, Anthony. Holmes and Malone, I think. Are they at Huddersfield? Yeah. Harry Toffolo right. is someone I would consider trying to get. I'm not going to lie. He's, yeah. Mm. Because, well, come on, Uddersfield. I was in the Premier League at one point. I will never know. <laughs> I, I'm actually going to um, largely agree. So I reckon, I actually worry that our bubble could burst the borough. I actually think we could lose that game. Um, I'm going to be optimistic and positive and say we'll get a draw. But I actually think we'll be in a back foot for that. I think they'll be riding high after um, the Bournemouth win. I think they'll be. I think they are the sort of side that if you go a goal up, it's going to be very hard to break them down. So, yeah, I can see us losing that one nil. However, I think just for sake of balance, we'll get a nil nil draw and go home with a point, and that'll be a good point we're made. As for Huddersfield, like I said before, they're shit. They are shit. Like I'm, I, 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 I completely agree. I completely agree. With them. If we're losing at home to Huddersfield, I'll be fucking pissed off because they are gash. Like to a T, they're not a good side. They do not have good players. Like I said, if we're worrying, if we're worrying about Fraser Campbell, we may as well just go home now because if we go off, if we say, oh, but Fraser Campbell was good. Yeah, what about fucking Harry Kane then? Like we can't be. Look, we we 
they're a better side than them. It's just much like the whole game, much like the Peterborough game before that. We've got to go, look, we're a better side here. Make our dominance tell and we'll get out of this home and dry very quickly, very comfortably. Just keep it as professional as possible. Move on to the next game. Because but that has to be how we look at it. It has to be how we look at it. Because we can't go into that thinking, oh, they've got Jonathan Hogg who set up that great Deeney goal once. And, <laughs> oh, they've got Rolando Ahrens, who I think was what released by You're Newcastle. Clearly reading off the Newcastle. Yeah, right. Yeah. Can we can we can we please stop? Right. You don't know any of these players. Is he back there? Oh my god. Is he? He's captain. Yeah. Oh, he's, 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 he's not eight. But this is what oh, I mean. Like. God. They're, they're, they're uh, do, do you know what the thing is, right? We they're could be one nil down to Huddersfield, like we were at Hull against Hull on Saturday, and I would not think that we would lose that game. That's just yeah. how how confident I am, and no, I would agree. I think yeah. like there is a mentality amongst Forest fans that I've got this level of like uh, expectation and optimism of like how we should be, but we've also got the side of fans and, and even like people even probably in the squad that are too soft and think. Oh no, we're we're like we're whatever kind of thing. We're a mid-table sort of team at the moment. We're not a mid-table side. We are a playoff pushing side. I'm not going to say title chasing or promotion chasing because that is a little bit too extreme at the moment. But well, if we get that. through January, I've got my eyes on second place. You know, if we get if yep. we get through January Same. and have a good January, I'm... don't lose any players. Add some real quality. Why on earth not? I don't think anything's decided at the minute. No, really there's, a lot, there's a lot of football to go. There's 23 more games to go, as we all know. And we've got a very, very pivotal... In fact, I say this is probably the most important January we've had at the football club since the 09-10 season, where we could have got top two ahead of West Brom and Newcastle if we'd invested properly. And I think, hopefully, we've made them learn from those mistakes. We'll go again and actually like do it right properly this time. We won't sell our best players. Okay. Yeah. This this regime's just got to learn from the Lamushi mistakes. Yeah. Simple as that. Simple as it's as simple as that because we was in a good position under Sabri and we, you know, and he was partly to blame, but we did not bring in the tools required because the three signings are made in that window were all well below par. You know, two, two, one's out on loan, one's probably one of the worst players I've ever seen in the Forest shirt, and the other would go down as many's worst ever loan player. So you know, yeah. you can't afford to make that mistake again. You can't get it much worse, can you? And hopefully, with this, with Dane and his team, you know, and obviously the manager as well, we can, you know, rectify the mistakes this time. Yeah, I can't wait to be at the end of the season, having looking back at this podcast from tonight and uh, going finishing uh, thirteen. <laughs> oh, we were so happy! What went wrong? <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do what the, do what the thing is, right? I will, I will, I will actually not be too disgruntled if we did finish outside the playoffs, but we played like this for the rest mm. of the season. So, yeah, and you and you've no, got I'd a clear identity mm. because, like, mm. we went out with a whimper with Lamucci. That was it. Was mm. embarrassing. It was like trying to like. <sighs> it was like clinging onto a, a cliff when you're hanging from a cliff. Really, we just was like literally trying to cling onto that playoff spot. You know that the, the Barnsley game where we was battered for ninety minutes, and it's like, come on, this is a side. You know, if we'd actually had any amp to win that game rather than holding on for a point, we would have got a result. Yeah, well, I still think because back to that we two on one. The pressure. A two on one with Brabham and Watson in the last minute, they fucked up, and then they went up, and got a corner, and scored from that. I still, yeah, mm. like just the only time the whole game he tried to win, and of course we got it wrong. 
<laughs> but of course, like you know, you know, we are in a good place right now, and it's it's fun supporting Forest again. Like like you said, you, you you're coming out of the ground, and you're thinking, oh, I can't wait to go back. You know, it's, a it. good, it, it's such a good place to be right now, and none may it continue. Anyway, it's uh, uh that's the end. Thank you all for, all for listening, and of course, happy Christmas and. You know, obviously, hope you have a great time with your loved ones and whatnot. And just remember, if you are having a bad Christmas, someone somewhere has to unwrap a Derby County shirt. So it could be a lot worse. <laughs> anyway, have a great Christmas and we'll see you soon. Take care. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.